Hi, I'm Ashley Trevajo from Ashley Trevajo Mortgages, and you're listening to the SME Podcast. You are now listening to the next great small business podcast. Welcome to the SME Stories Podcast, where it is all about small businesses in Canada. And here's your host, Ken Alfred. Hey everybody, thanks for down on the show. We got a great episode today with Ashley Travaio. Now, Ashley is a licensed mortgage agent with Sherwood Mortgage Group, a published author, and most importantly, a mom of two small children. Ashley got licensed to sell mortgages in Ontario in the height of the pandemic with a newborn and a toddler in 2020. As a mom and entrepreneur, she knows firsthand the difficulties and stresses that those two groups have around home financing and the curveballs life will throw. She has also co-authored a chapter in the book, Honest as a Mother, Volume 1, and is going to be in Volume 2 later this year. When she isn't being a mortgage agent, she's spending time with her children and husband. So we have a very interesting episode today, guys. So we're back in the real estate space, but now we're speaking from, um, in previous episodes, we've had it from the real estate agent side, maybe some of the investment side. Now we're actually dealing from the mortgage side. So it's going to be nice to hear what Ashley has to say and maybe some advice you can give to anyone looking to get in to, to become a mortgage broker. So sit back and absorb. All right, guys, we have Ashley Travajo from Ashley Mortgages. Ashley, how are you doing, my friend? Hi, good morning. I'm good. How are you? Doing well. This is the new year. We're recording in January. So happy new year. Hopefully your holiday season was was well. Yeah, yeah, it was good. What about you? Good? Quiet. I'll be uh, quieter than I'm expecting. And I usually will say this with a grain mm. of salt is that I noticed that, you know, that whole inflation thing, I know we might touch upon that during the show today, where that <laughs> inflation thing that, the, that you hear in the news I think it's a lot stronger than I give it credit for because I guess I never really noticed it too much. But I noticed with, uh, just to sidetrack here real quickly, is that usually every holiday season, Christmas Eve, it'll usually be dinner at my mom's house with my wife, my kids, my sister, my nephew, and my mm -hmm. brother-in-law. So we'll usually have like a very intimate family dinner on Christmas Eve. And Christmas Day, it's usually at some aunt and uncle's place that uh, is really loud. So it's crazy. It's the typical crazy family Christmas thing. And we did the Christmas Eve this year, but the Christmas Day thing didn't seem to happen. And I was like, it's mm. interesting why no one's actually volunteering to host. Because usually it's like a battle of who gets to host the actual party, right? Because you're, you're, you're talking like mm -hmm. 30, 40 people coming in. And especially like last year, you know, because I think last year everything was slow, slowly coming up. I mean, 2021, not 2022, because... Mm -hmm. We're in 2023 now, yeah. so technically like, so <laughs> two years ago when we were slowly coming out of the pandemic-ish in a way, uh, the parties were, were back on, right? So that's why I think mm -hmm. uh, with everything going up and then I think that's why we also brought you on as well to help out the listeners <laughs> when it comes to mortgages and stuff like that. You know, I think it's just, it hit people a lot and, uh, you know, it's getting expensive mm -hmm. out there. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, unfortunately, I think, a lot of people are going to be feeling the effects of it this year. Yeah, so sure. all right, back to back to where we started here. So, <laughs> Ashley Mortgages, what's your story? So, I my name is Ashley Trevajo, and I am a mortgage agent. I live in Oshawa with my family. I have a five-year-old and a very soon-to-be three-year-old. Should be three in a couple of weeks, actually. Um, and I'm married to a teacher. I came from working 12 years frontline healthcare. So I have worked in some of the largest hospitals in the GTA as a physiotherapy assistant and occupational therapy assistant. I've been at the Brampton Civic, Toronto General, 
Scarborough Grace. Um, most recently, I left my job at, with the City of Toronto in their long-term care homes um, because my daughter, I have a 2020 baby. She was born right, in, like I said, January 21st is her birthday. We kind of squeezed in right before the pandemic hit. Um, so I was on maternity leave, thank goodness, in hindsight. Um, and before I went on that leave and for a couple of years prior, I was kind of looking for a bit of a career change. And I, so fast forward to 2020, we were off being married to a teacher. The indefinite March break of 2020 happened. And we just, I was like, you know what? Now's the time to capitalize on a not so great situation. And I, with the newborn and a toddler, my husband teaching grade one from home, I started um, reading the textbook for the mortgage agent course and whatnot. And I joined my first brokerage in September, 2020. So I had an eight month old and an almost three-year-old. At the so, time. So, so what brought you into the mortgage space, <laughs> Ashley? Because I know like 2020, I call it as uh, from a, the non-business side is the, the year of the BBGG, biking, baking, gardening, and golf. That's where I found in 2020, right? And I think what also the evolution of the side gig or some people did totally new careers like other because you've heard some Uber Lyft drivers that just, you know, left their, their day jobs and just pursued that for like a few years. But, uh, and it's not just, we're not looking at just side gig stuff, but some people just literally moved to a new career. So what was it about the mortgage space that really got you interested? I started getting interested actually in like the real estate realm. Um, when we first bought our home, um, we bought in uh, 2018. So, you know, going through the whole process, having the appointments with the mortgage agent that we were working with at the time. And then also, you know, the realtor that we were working with, I started researching both. Um, and I decided on mortgages. I find right now, given how young my kids are, it, provides a little bit more of a work-life balance, um, but also can still be so rewarding. Um, I haven't totally written off a real estate, being a real estate agent at all. I think right now, now just to get my feet wet in it and focus on that. And it's like, the way I look at it is, um, you know, in my previous life, if you will, um, working in healthcare, it was like, I'm, I was obviously it's a very much of a helping profession and, and I was helping people reach their physical and health goals. Now I can still make it very much a helping profession, helping people reach their home and financing goals and help them get on the road to like a little bit of financial freedom. So interesting. So, so unbox that a little bit. So the difference between a mortgage agent and a real estate agent, because maybe some first time homebuyers, they don't know the difference between the two. They might say, oh, so you, you're going to help us with, a, with getting a house, right? Are you going to come with us on the appointments too as well? Or explain the difference for some who don't know. Yeah. So um, the real estate agent would be the person that um, would take you around to different houses, set up appointments. They're the one that would be, you would be actually actively working with to do your um to work on the actual offer to buy the house, that pa that paperwork, you know, you sit down with, as the buyer and you would write an offer to the seller and that's where the real estate agent would come in. Um, and then the mortgage agent, once you get a accepted offer to buy the home, that's where we would step in and we work on getting the financing. However, hopefully most people are working with a mortgage agent before that stage to do a pre-approval that way. So we would look at your full documents, all your income, make sure everything makes sense and say, you know, you're pre-approved for X, Y, and Z amount. And 
relay that to the realtor as well. So that way you're looking at homes within your budget, not setting you up for disappointment either, because, you know, you don't want to be looking for, I don't, I don't know, looking at like a $1.5 million home, but really you're only pre-approved for maybe 700,000, right? right? So funny, funny you mentioned that story there, Ashley, I'll tell you a really funny story when we were selling our first home. So this is back in 2009. Uh, I know this is before you, you you took your job as, as a mortgage agent, but I remember my wife and I, Mrs. K, we were getting ready to sell our first home because we decided to buy a home in Ajax, right? So we were living in Stouffville at the time. And Stouffville, I always have a special heart for Stouffville because it was our first home. We were in a townhouse. And, uh, you know, so we already had my daughter and my wife was pregnant with my son. So this is probably around, I guess, maybe around January-ish, 09-ish or something like that. Or sorry, Jan- uh, not 09, 2014-ish, sorry. So it was around January 2014 where we were trying to sell our home. So we're thinking, okay, we bought a new house or we bought the house that we're living in now and we're going to try and sell. So we didn't, I guess to most people, buying is the fun part per se, right? Selling, you got to make sure your house is pretty, you know, neutral colors, clean, you know, no clutter. Because remember, people are going to be walking in your house and looking. And I remember my agent at the time and both real estate, it was a husband and wife. It was a mortgage broker and a, and a real estate agent. They said, okay, we're going to do a presentation day. So for those not familiar is that uh, if you're having a presentation day, you'll have, it's kind of like an open house and everyone will, you know, people will come in, they'll take a look, but the seller, like I, at us at the time would not see any offer until a certain time frame, right? So you can't just look at the house and then offer us, uh, give us an offer. It's not the, not the case. So, we had a we had a presentation day and we had this offer and it looked really nice and uh you know this agent came in he said okay this is the person he wants to buy it and you know the price looked good and uh you know we decided to say okay yeah let's go sell it because you know we were in a, a bit of a rush because you know you buy it then you're like okay you realize you know maybe 60 to 90 days to close but we still have to sell our home which is another potentially 60 to 90 day close as well so and closing means the deal has to get closed before you officially transfer keys of ownership and uh mm-hmm. We said yes. We're like great. The very next day, we get a call from my from my uh, real estate agent. He's like, Ken, there's a problem. I said, what? <laughs> uh, we have to reject the offer. I said, what do you mean? Well, the person who wanted to buy the home didn't get pre-approved. So she told, I think it was a she. He's like, she's she told the agent who was presenting the offer that she she knows somebody in the mortgage mm. space that was gonna get them the financing to purchase our home. When they l- tried to look at the documents, they said, no. So that is our funny story of why it's good to get pre-approved before you try to buy a house or any type of property. Yes. Because, yeah, and it, like, and that's just it. It just has a domino effect, right? Like the buyer, now you can't purchase that home, but also the domino effect to the seller too and possibly that seller might be also a buyer too right so it like it trickles down right yeah and i'll, <laughs> I'll make this third fast we we it took us three attempts to actually sell our first home right and uh the wow. second one was a total drama case where it was a single parent with a couple of kids who were maybe in their pre-teens early teens that wanted to buy our home and she decided to try and surprise her kids by driving by the house and saying, hey, we just bought this townhouse. And the what, the big drama was that the kids didn't want to move. 
because now oh they're moving gosh. out of their school zone where all their friends were, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, I think, okay, I, I can see it both sides. One, okay, if you're going to tell your, if you're going to look for a new place with a family, especially if you have kids, kind of let them know, all right, we're going to start, I'm going to start looking for a new place for us to live, whether the place we're in right now is very small, very cramped, or maybe it's for my work is close to this new place. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you are still the parent, right? You, you yeah. know, the, 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 the six and eight year old can't really determine, well, no, we are not going, you know, can you imagine yeah. your young ones telling you, mom, thank you for the interest, but no, I think we're going to, we're going to stay here. We're going to stay here. And at this point, Ashley, my wife, Mrs. K has only been sick maybe about a handful of times in almost the 20 years we've been together. She got mm-hmm. sick because of the stress of selling the home. And uh, we oh were very God. lucky that the third time was the opposite where, you know, they, the, the one who bought our property or bought our home in Stouffville, and I think it was a she as well, she sold her home first. And then had to buy something. So, you know, Mm -hmm. there's that whole thing there. So, sorry, back to you. So there was something about the real Mm -hmm. estate space that really drew you into it. So, you know, what type of mortgages, explain to the user what type of mortgages that you specialize in. Because I know sometimes in mortgages, they might think only residential. I know there's maybe some commercial and other stuff like that. But can you you Mm -hmm. expound on what else you can provide the actual uh, clients? Yeah. So for me, being a mortgage agent, I work for a brokerage and it's kind of like as if say you were going to your let's say you wanted to seek out some home insurance. You don't just like, you you know, you normally go to a broker and the broker finds the best what best suits your, your life and your situation. That's what we do for mortgages. So we have access to the banks um, and we have access from banks all the way to private lending. So we have our A lenders that, you know, those are like the cream of the crop, so to speak, very like provable income, very easy to qualify. Um, Like I said, we have access to some of the banks. Um, And then we also have like our alternative space. This is great for some people like myself who are business for self, because sometimes when you're you're an entrepreneur, banks don't like you, (laughs) right? They're like, nope, sorry. And it's as ironic as it is, Um, also for people that may have a little bit of a bruised credit situation, right? Um, it's still providing, um, options for them, whether it means getting into the market or just even being able to refinance their house too. We have access to those alternative space too, which, um, I feel going forward this year, as we kind of touched on a little bit (laughs) a few minutes ago with the way the economy is, the way that, um, just the way everything seems to be going, I think we're going to see a lot more um, consumers utilizing that alternative space for various reasons, whether it's bills are piling up, you know, maybe there might be a job loss, things like that. I think we're going to be utilizing that space a little bit more than we have in the past. And then we also have access to private lending too. Um, for me personally, I feel like private lending, it's, it's an, an amazing resource. There's also a time and place for it. Um, it. To me, it's kind of like a plan B, if that makes sense, right? Because often there is higher interest rates associated with it and whatnot. So um Interesting. Yeah. So, so now we, we talked upon the economy a little bit, and this is before we actually went on before we started recording, where you know that that whole inflation thing that that people keep talking about and, and expenses going up. Have you seen that uh, trickle down? Obviously, must do you notice that uh, for a lot of the buyers that are trying to get into the space that they're just like, oh man, uh, it, it's getting more and more expensive. Or are you having to 
turn people away because for, you know, they just can't seem to afford, uh, you know, some of the properties that they're trying to get. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's very interesting right now. Um, in terms of the people that are trying to get into the market, unfortunately, we need to qualify them at a quite a high rate. So that does decrease the amount of money they're pre-approved for, unfortunately. And, you know, I'm in, I'm in Durham region, the GTA, like, it, homes aren't cheap down here, <laughs> you know, like maybe if, you know, if you can move a little bit further north for some reason and maybe, you know, but that's not always an option for people. Right. Um, so there's definitely an impact there. Uh, having said that, though, we are seeing like the home prices of homes slowly start to go down. So, you know, it's kind of it, it's starting to level off a little bit um, in terms of the economy and the cost of everything. Yes, definitely. I feel home owners are feeling it right now too right yeah like oh gosh you know i had to put you know my credit card is getting racked up or i had to do a line of credit here right um and i think we're gonna see people refinancing quite a bit this year to probably consolidate debt which again is a great way to get rid of some of those higher interest products yeah too, and, right? and not even just uh for ownership gains the market even the rental market from what i'm understanding is is so competitive mm -hmm. that you know, before it used to be like, okay, if you couldn't afford a home, you can at least rent a rent a space, rent a condo, rent a townhouse. Mm -hmm. And the, the rent was usually back then a little bit less than what you'd be paying as a mortgage payment. But now mm -hmm. as mortgage payments have gone up and like I'm, I'm seeing it now, like we're on a variable rate, which you know, to some people that's scary. We are too. Right? And <laughs> yeah. you're seeing that sometimes the rental payments are actually getting higher than the actual mortgage payments. So it's like everyone's mm -hmm. kind of getting, a, you know, everyone's feeling the effect from both ways. And, I, and let me ask your, your opinion on this, because I've heard some people saying that, okay, you know, when they, when they started jacking up the rates a little bit by little bit, almost every quarter, it seems like, to some people, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, almost every month they're, they're increasing it, right? That's the way it seems. Is, <laughs> it felt like yeah, it, it, felt right? like it, <laughs> is that the people who were suffering were the variable rate people. So then there were some, there was a, there was a trend or some stories of people saying, okay, screw the variable rate. I'm going to go fixed. And just to, to, yeah. to prevent it from getting higher and higher, what is your opinion on uh, people who are in a variable that are considering going fixed? Should they do it? Should they not do it? Or is there a good general rules of thumb if you are considering it? Um, I, you know what? And I know that I don't know if this sounds like really wishy-washy, but it really does depend on everyone's own household situation right if you're on like a really fixed income and you're cutting it close like you're barely make, meeting ends of meet maybe it might be time to put lock into a fixed right um because like the way i see it too it's like i would hate for any of my clients to go house poor too right because of the advice because yeah i'm in a variable too you know um but if you have a little bit of wiggle room and you know i think I don't know if riding out the storm, right? If you can, right? Like I said, some people are on really fixed incomes. Some might be on like a one one income home. Um, and yeah, I think it really just takes into consideration what else is in your budget, right? If you've got a family of like two, three, four kids to feed and a mortgage and life, like that's a lot, right? Whereas I'm, I'm really generalizing yeah. here, but whereas say maybe a single person that may not have any dependents at home, they may have a little bit of more wiggle room. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and the way the rule, the thing I've been always been seeing is that when I would, you know, sometimes YouTube mortgage agents and stuff like that, when they were mm -hmm. saying, should I switch to a fixed? 
if I'm current line of variable. So a lot of them are saying sometimes no. And the only reason they're saying that is that, you know, if you go for a fixed, you're going to be paying more than you're paying now, right? Because, but, but at least that's locked mm -hmm. in. But like you said, yeah. we don't know what the future holds as much as we would love to know. To, we, to, we, I would love to tell people that, you know what? Okay, six months into 2023, okay, then we're, the rates are going to start to normalize and go down. Would love to know that, yeah. right? But even even we don't know yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's the thing <laughs> too, like, right? It's not even like we're privy to special information that the rest of the like we get like you know we often there's like speculations that like in our mortgage community oh we think the rate might you know increase th this many points right but we don't get told either. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, and, and, yeah. Sorry, back to my point here is that some people are saying don't do it because don't go to fixed yet, and generally because. Mm -hmm. If let's say next year, the rates start to go down, even a little bit, but just going down. So then your payments are less. If you've mm -hmm. locked into a fixed, you're you're kind of stuck, right? And and yes. correct me if I'm I've never had to change my mortgage from that perspective, like moving from one to the other or to to downgrade, upgrade, whatever. Can someone on a fixed actually get out of being on a fixed? Do they have to pay a fee, or is it literally you're locked in for like the next? three to five years or whatever the term you, you, you've agreed to. Yeah, the definitely the latter. <laughs> you are locked in for whatever term you agree to. You can't. So this I was going to say, this is another, um, I guess, my, my a little bit of a pitch, if you will, to clients, because like variable can sound very scary, but life happens as if the last couple of years hasn't taught us that life happens. <laughs> right like um and even me like especially once you start having fam like children and weddings and god forbid if you have deaths in your household whatever right but being in a variable has a lot more flexibility to get out of than a fixed you can still get out of a fix but there's sometimes a very hefty payment really to go along with a fix any, any, yeah. any general rule of thumb that uh, what the kind of fee would be if you're trying to get out of a fix um so oh god it's you know what? Sometimes it's really dependent on a lender. I'll I'll be I'll share. We um we bought in 2018. Last year we needed to refinance because life happens. We're in the middle of a global pandemic with two young children, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we refinanced. We were with um I don't know if I need to name banks. Well, a bigger bank. To. Yeah, you don't have to. But just say a bank. <laughs> it was a bigger bank. Um, one of the banks. Um, which is not in our broker channel. But um, anyways, we needed to get out um and again you know the saying had i known then what i know now um <laughs> our mortgage person put us in a seven-year fix and so last year when we went to get out it was only three years in it cost we still refinanced because you know we just had some particulars we needed to deal with but it cost us thirty thousand wow. dollars of our equity in our home Your home equity Damn. Yeah, because those refinance, you know, you're able to, but yeah, 30 grand that like, I was just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like I said, this is a little bit like, you know, it was a seven year fix, which again, I, I, I don't think I'd ever put a client in that. Um, so I'm not even sure how that happened, but anyways, <laughs> that's neither here nor there at this point. Right. But <laughs> that's just our story, my story about that experience getting out. Wow. So interesting. I know we're... whereas like typically with a variable, it's like three months interest. So you can imagine it's much, much less, less than 30 grand. Less than 30 for <laughs> sure to get out of a variable to a fixed versus fixed to a variable. Okay. Yeah. So 
good to know. So, and yeah, like for me, I work with a lot of families, right? So, and I totally understand the need to budget because sometimes if one of the parents is on a mat leave or pat leave. Um, so I totally get the, the idea of wanting to be in a fix, but I share that story and say, look, you know, from the time we bought our home, we've gone through a pandemic. We've added a child since we moved, you know, so things happen, mm -hmm. right? So that's just my little spiel on there that. There you go. So... <laughs> <laughs> back to your back to your business there, Ashley. So you said you're you're employed, but you are an entrepreneur. So explain to someone who's like, oh, mortgage agents, they are are mortgage agents kind of like their own business owner, or are they, you know, an employee to that? And how would you how would you how would you respond to that? Right. Okay. So um with the banks, often you see like a mobile mortgage specialist, I believe they're most normally that's what their title is, and they're only employed by that specific bank. So whether it's I don't know, TD, RBC, whatever, any of the banks, right? Um, mortgage agents and mortgage brokers. So we are entrepreneurs. We, we do 100%. We run our own business from wherever we wish to run our business. But with um, the financial services regulatory of Ontario, we have to basically we have to belong to a brokerage just to be basically compliant and, and being legal to run our business. So yes, I do. I belong to a brokerage, but I'm not like, like, but I still run my own business. Like we're still like a hundred percent commission, you know, like we run our, that's how we make our money essentially. Interesting. So then now we, we kind of touched upon the inflation piece and the rates going up and everything like that. So what kind of like growth do you expect to see for your business for this coming year? Is it going to be, you thinking you're, you're going to be uh, more business neutral like flatlined a little bit maybe a little bit less how, how do you see your business right now for the rest of the year um i do believe there's going to be refinancing um people needing to get some money somehow to pay off things whether it's totally refinancing possibly doing like a um, home equity line of credit you know those kind of things i do feel that's going to be happening in our space a lot um, possibly even second mortgages, unfortunately for some people. Um, and in terms of the, uh, the, I think those will be for people that are already in the market. Uh, for those that are trying to get into the market, I don't know. I, like I said, I feel if people are, have been working towards a down payment for a while, like if they've been actively looking, maybe it's some of these first time buyers that kept getting blown out of the water the last couple of years with these people. Like, I mean, I'm again, generalizing, but you know, we had so many people that moved from like, say the core of Toronto out here to Durham, right? The last few years. So like they, people are selling these like crazy expensive homes coming out here be like, look at all this cash I have for my down payment and blowing some of these first time buyers out of the water. So I feel like now it might be a, a good opportunity for them. Yes, the rates are up, but, you know, I feel like those th that demographic that have gotten discouraged, they're still around. Yeah, I find there's also even some multi-generational people doing it, right? So instead of just one fa a family yep. of four, they might have two families of four or something that are just pooling their money together or a bunch of people pulling their money together to actually afford a place, right? Where, okay, I'll take one room, you take the other room and we share all the common rooms, all that sort of thing, just to, just to get, just to even get in. Right. So that, that's very interesting to see. Yeah. Or even like finding play exactly. Or even again, people that might be trying to get in the market, maybe they find a legal duplex and you know, we can use rent towards like, you know, their income sometimes, um, you know, 
using that as a, an approach to get in too, right? Yeah, like, I mean, in our, like right now for our, our house here, we have a four bedroom, four and a half bathroom house in Ajax, right? So we have a finished basement because I think it was a model home. So the finished basement mm -hmm. is literally just a bathroom. They put up some walls and some carpets, right? Just because I guess when they wanted to show show the home. And I, you know, the entrepreneurial guy in me was like, oh, wonder if we should consider making this like a basement suite ready because you know what they have their own bathroom right so they're not going to be mm -hmm. sharing that and stuff like that but when we looked at it they would for so for those who don't who are not familiar if you're actually going to try to build like an actual legal suite in your in your property especially the basement which is the easiest place to do it is that they the, the tenant whoever's going to stay there needs their own separate entrance right and they, and mm -hmm. they have to make sure that the windows they can get out in case there's like a fire or yeah. anything like that. So all these little rules, right? Does that mean everyone mm -hmm. follows it? No, but you should, especially if it's <laughs> if it's one thing, if it's just a family friend, okay, maybe you could kind of justify mm -hmm. But if you're going to call it an actual legal suite, you should do the right thing. And for us, why we didn't do it is that, okay, we're going to have to dig somewhere on the outside to make an entrance for these for a tenant mm -hmm. and maybe all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it might be uh, too much trouble than it's worth to really get that uh, there. So that's why we decided not to do that uh, just because, right? So anyways, yeah. ba back to this here. So we talked about, you know, what your plan is and you're, you're like I said, you're part of a big brokerage. I was on the, the Sherwood Mortgage website and there's like almost like a hundred just in Ontario by itself. It's really grown. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, like I've, I've been, this is my, this is my third brokerage that I've joined. And again, going back to being like an entrepreneur in this space um, is a total, totally new experience for me, but it's almost like we get to interview our brokerages in a way too, ah. to make sure it's the right fit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, like, you know, everyone has, like, we all have different, no, almost no matter what profession you're in, we all have different values and different priorities um but yes yeah, sherwood like i've been with sherwood since february of this of 2022 we yeah go. we're in 23 <laughs> now so almost i'm like wait a minute not this year um so almost a year with them and it just i i love their values it's very like a family feel if that makes sense um where sometimes i think it's been tough to provide that given the pandemic too right yeah um, but yeah, Sherwood, it's really grown. We've become national. You know, we're in BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan yeah. Ontario, Quebec, New Brunswick. So like they're really trying to cover their bases here. So, so. so then what, what is it the biggest expense you generally see as a mortgage agent? So you said you are you're running your own business. So what do you see as the mm -hmm. so especially for when we get to the tips from the pros segment where we're, you know, aspiring mortgage agents wants to get in? Like, what, what is the biggest expense that you're seeing right now that maybe they, they kind of need to be aware of if they say, I want to become a mortgage agent? Yeah, um, I guess something to consider too. I mean, it's kind of similar-ish to like, say, a real estate agent. There are brokerage fees, right? I think in the realtor world, they may call them desk fees or something. You know, you do have to pay your brokerage a fee um, because they have costs as well, right? For example, like Sherwood has a, a beautiful head office in Toronto, like they've got fees. There's like, you know, admin staff that do, right? So there's fees there that maybe I was a little bit naive about. Um, I think for me, just being over two years into this now, um, still there's like, there's marketing fees, right? You're, you, 
you know, you really try, you have to get out there somehow, right? Um, and I feel during the pandemic, now that life's a little bit more opening up, but during the pandemic, you know, you really relied on social media and the internet to market yourself, right? You're not going and meeting people. Right. So, so, so does that, does social media take, play a big part in your business right now? Yes. When I first, when I first got licensed, I like got myself an Instagram account and like, I just started like following anyone that was like in mortgages, real estate, etc. because we weren't meeting people. Like, remember this was like September, 2020, October, 2020, that was probably starting to build that. Um, and it was like a lot of like trying to communicate and network through like direct messaging, which is kind of like a whole weird thing. <laughs> um, now that like life is kind of opening up, I do try to do more like in-person networking, but that's like a big thing with social media for sure. Yeah, exactly. And I know we touched upon the industry already where you talked about where you think it's going and stuff like that. So what are some details that people don't really know about the mortgage industry? that they'd be surprised to know if you, if they actually talk to you? Um, hmm. I personally, for me, I think it would be the growing your business part, right? Unless you come like, especially for me, I came from a totally unrelated field, right? You know, I had a job where I had to scan my, I say job, not that this isn't a job, but you know what I mean? Like I had to physically show up somewhere at a certain time scan my card and I got to leave at a certain time and scan my card right, right? clock in clock this out. is like a to yeah right where it's like this is totally different it's you there's there's always um I guess like a sense of hustle if that makes sense you know as an entrepreneur right you're always doing you're you're always kind of on um and you know some people I think look at say realtors or maybe some of the top performing mortgage agents and think oh yeah this is this is probably so easy right and you really get into it and you're like oh <laughs> you know and I do we often see a lot of people from the banks moving over to like the broker space too and it's different for them too because like you know banks often they have like set hours that they still work like because they're employed by the bank they're not an entrepreneur right so you do see a lot of that they're like oh I didn't realize how challenging this could be at times right to like keep growing and doing your thing. Exactly. I think so. People might not understand the, the grind it takes to really get it. Cause I think you said play like the ones who are successful, make it look really easy that they got like a bunch of emails or a bunch of applications of clients that just want to do business with them. You know, like yeah. right out the door, they're just a lineup of people I can just go for. But when no one knows who you are, aside from your immediate family and friends, and I assume most cases, when you start your business, especially the mortgage side is you do communicate to all your family, friends, coworkers of previous employments, say, Hey, I'm a mortgage agent now. So if you guys think of any, if you guys are interested in getting a mortgage, please let me know and all that sort of stuff. Right. But you know, and mm -hmm. that can be good. That can maybe get your, that should be good for a good few reps of it too. But also you got to be careful with those kind of relationships as well. Right. Because, yes. you know, now you're going into their, financial piece and a lot of people you're learning all about their business exactly. literally like you're it's you're learning like a lot about people in this industry yeah. they can be in very vulnerable situations yeah and more right? they'd be uncomfortable uh, showing sharing that financial yeah. info with let's say a friend mm -hmm. or a family right because then they think oh man they're mm -hmm. gonna know and they're gonna start spread not that ashley would spread any rumors about them because <laughs> of you know a bad situation but i can see how some people mm -hmm. can be scared of that but uh yeah like to really mark it out there is, is really good so hey do you need an error-free website 
Do you need transcription that's accurate and on time? Would you like to remove noise from your video or audio recording? Do you need a spokesperson for your business? If so, we can help. At Northway Capital Group, we are happy to announce that we are now providing website testing services, audio transcriptions, and audio cleanup, as well as spokesperson services. We would love to help you on your next project. Contact us for more information at northwaycapitalgroup at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to the SME Stories Podcast, which is owned by Northway Capital Group. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Northway Capital Group.